Today on the Pod Lab, we're talking about, wait for it, silence. Welcome to the Pod Lab, a podcast movement original series. I'm Doug Frazier, producer and host of NPR's What We Do. Today's show is a special one because rather than talking about the sounds of podcasting, we're going to look at the absence of sound and the powers it holds for your show. We'll cover silence in both interviews and narrative shows. So let's get started with interviews. Silence has a bad rap. When there's a gap in conversation, we may interpret it as the other person being uninterested or maybe even judging us for what we just said. Though sometimes we may be right, often our interpretations of silence are wrong. For example, I did an interview once with a late-night television personality. I won't name them, but what happened was their answers were really short. The guests seemed uninterested in the interview, completely just somewhere else. So I tried to quickly fill the silence after their short answers with follow-up questions in hopes this would help turn the tide. I thought if I showed how interested I was, they'd be more inclined to open up. Well. That failed miserably. Uh, It was only when I let them sit in the silence I realized what was actually happening. Their short answers weren't signals of disinterest. They were simply just trying to hold space in the conversation while they thought more deeply about my questions. I totally misinterpreted their silence as disinterest when their interest was actually in full gear. I just needed to give them some silence, a quiet opportunity to fully process what they wanted to say next. Which brings up a common misunderstanding in interviews, the balance of guest versus host airtime. Have you ever heard of podcasts where the host talks 80% of the interview and their guest has to fight to get a word in? I've heard plenty of them and I'm sure you have too. And as a listener, I'm thinking, come on, just shut up for a second and let your guest talk. After all, you invited them on the show to share an opinion you value, or maybe they're subject matter experts that can help shed light on an idea or a story. As a host, you'll get your turn to talk. Until then, hold space for your guests with silence. If we hold our thoughts for just a few more moments, we leave room for possibility. Your guests will appreciate it, and so will your listeners. Stepping back for a bit, before the interview or conversation even begins, I found a little psychological trick that's worked great for naturally providing silence when necessary. So before turning the microphone on, set your intention. Getting this straight helps organize your headspace and reminds you why you're doing this interview or having this conversation in the first place. And it doesn't have to be some page long thing. It can be a single short sentiment. For me, the intention I set is often this, I'm here to understand. It's a reminder for myself when I go into interviews that I'm not here to make my own point heard. I'm here to understand the point of view and experiences of the guest. My intention is to listen and pull at strings when I find myself curious about what they've said and to ask questions for clarity for not only myself, but for the listeners. Keeping that simple intention in mind has given way to natural moments of silence. Give it a try for yourself on your next interview and see if it works for you. Okay, now let's touch on a few points about silence in narrative podcasts. Like silence in conversation and interviews, silence in story opens opportunities. Let's look at three uses of silence in a narrative podcast. Number one, 
Silence gives room for ambience and music. Silence doesn't have to mean there's no sound. For example, if a scene is playing out in a diner and there's a pause in the conversation, the ambient sounds still go on. The clanking of dishes, the, the sad song playing on the jukebox. The lack of dialogue allows ambience or music to set the stage for an upcoming conversation or to build on a theme or convey the kind of longing that only music can capture. That I will be the one to change you and you will be mine. You will be mine. Number two, silence is story. If a character is asked a question and doesn't respond, their silence tells us something. In terms of narration, Withholding information is a great way to build tension or create a jaw-dropping moment later in the episode when you finally reveal the info you've been hiding. Number three, silence makes way for understanding. Longer pauses invite listeners time to think about a point you've just made, or they can create dramatic tension like we mentioned earlier. Shorter pauses can be used to slow the pace and give a listener a chance to lean in on every word. A lot can be said with words and sound design, but just imagine what can be said in their absence. There may be nothing to hear, but much is still being said. So the only question that's left is, how are you gonna use silence in your podcast? Now it's time to hear a question from the podcast movement community. Today's question comes from, surprise, me. I've been holding this one in and I'm turning in my coupon to ask my own question. So. There are some incredible interviewers out there with an impressive interviewee list under their belts. And my question is, if you could go back to your very first interview, what advice would you give yourself? To help answer the question, I spoke with Josh Miley. Josh is the Director of Education for the National Association of Broadcasters, as well as the host and producer of the NAB podcast and the radio show podcast, among others. Over the years, Josh has interviewed some big names, including Larry King, Zach Braff, which is a name I haven't heard in a while, Kim Commando, Aaron Rodgers, and more. Let's see what advice Josh would give himself if he could travel back in time to his very first interview. A quick note, please excuse the background noise. This interview was recorded on location at the Gaylord Hotel in Nashville. Be patient, slow down. The first couple of interviews when you're, you're talking with somebody who's, you know, we'll say celebrity status in some capacity, that's always the thing is the, the heart's pumping a little bit more. You're, you're geeked up about it. You've thought about it a lot more than any other interviews. And it's just, you know, my grandmother always said, when you walk into a room, you act like you own the place and like you've been there before. Even if you're not, and even if you're head, you're going, oh my God, this is crazy. Why am I at, at the Gaylord? Like walking in here the first time, you're like, well, we're not in Ohio anymore, Josh. Like, right, wow, yeah. welcome out to the world again. <laughs> It's the same thing with interviews. Be calm and just put that out there because what you give your guests, they reflect back to you. So if you're nervous and jittery, they're going to want to speed through the interview as much as it feels like you're giving off that you want to, and you don't want to do that. Like the, I interviewed Aaron Rodgers over the phone, and I could tell he was just off the practice field, and it's windy as anything there. Like you can hear the wind gusts and whatever, and we had a good conversation, but I'm a huge Packers fan, and that was like a nerdy geek out moment to the fact of, the whole reason why we were doing it was for an old 80s movie podcast I had, and I knew he loved The Princess Bride. That's all we talked about was The Princess Bride. And 
He wouldn't have said yes if he didn't want to do that, which was fantastic. And uh, he gave great answers, and I'll give him credit that he just went through. But listening to me, I sound like the 10-year-old little fanboy, like, tell me about this. What about that? Because in my head, I was going nuts, and that's one I'd love to go back and adjust my performance, although what I got out of him, I'm proud of for the audience. I'm curious if you've had any bad interviews over the years. You don't have to mention names, but what that experience was like and what you've learned from it. A couple here and there. Um, The toughest times I've had with interviews are when I'm interviewing somebody on a technical aspect. Engineers and communication kids, we speak a little bit different languages. I'll speak English, but it's they want you to be more direct. And when you and I ask questions, we want to give a little bit of context to it and kind of give them the leading ramp to it, not just ask the stark flat question to get a stark flat answer. And I find that they'll go off tangent because I haven't asked specific you know, tell me about this product, right? I don't want to say if I have somebody coming on to, to talk about, let's say, digital something, I don't want to say, tell me about your digital product. I want to set the scope of what it may do and lead them to talk about that product. And sometimes we don't get where we want to be. And that's always a tough spot because, you know, if you're doing it live like we are here and out in front of people, you know, the worst thing I don't like to do, but I think we all should sometimes when we're in that moment is stop and say, okay, I'm going to stop us here Here's what I want to get out of this answer. I posed it that way because I want to give context to the listeners they come in, but here's really what I want you to answer and then jump back in. I hate doing that because I feel like it pulls us out of the moment of the interview, but sometimes you need to do that because the conversation's different from the interview product at the end, right? So when you've done that in the past, has it veered the conversation back on course to what you were looking to get out of the interview? It has because you're, you're basically you're, you're giving straight direction, right? Unfortunately, we've taken ourselves out of just the beauty of the, the simple conversation and active listening, but it's gotten us to, we've got a goal at the end of this. There's a product that's going to come out of it. Here's what we need to do. I'm giving you direction. I'm going to say this just to set you up, but here's what I need you to answer because you've either paid for the time or we're talking about this. We want to educate our audience, the broadcasters on your technology. We want the most out of this for both of us. Let's, let's do that. T. That does it for this week at the Pod Lab. If you'd like to be featured on a future episode, send your questions to the Podcast at gmail.com. And when you get a moment, would you mind leaving an honest review? It really helps other listeners discover the show. Until next time, keep experimenting. The Pod Lab is a podcast movement original series produced and hosted by me, Doug Frazier. Mom.